Hello, and welcome to Small Town Mysteries, a show where three longtime friends from Massachusetts tell crazy and heartbreaking true stories filled with the extra flair of small town mystery. I'm Kate, here with Christine. Hello. And Rachel. Hello. Bringing you our next episode. But before we get into that, I'm going to toss it over to Rachel, who is highlighting our missing person for this week. Rach? All right. So today I am covering Shelby Lynn Dwyer, who was last seen on March 29th, 2023 in Guamachil, Sinaloa, Mexico. We will have that on our Instagram. I'm so sorry if I butchered that. So just a little bit more about Shelby. She was 17 years old at the time that she went missing. So pretty young. She has brown eyes. She weighs 100 pounds. She has brown hair and she's 5'3". She does have a good amount of tattoos. On her right hand, she has a rose. And on her middle finger, she has some kind of design. And then she has the word blessed in fancy writing written on her right forearm. The FBI, Seattle's field office, is working with Des Moines Police Department in Washington, the U.S. government, and Mexican authorities to conduct a formal investigation into the disappearance of Shelby Lynn Dwyer. On March 25, 2023, Dwyer voluntarily left the Des Moines, Washington area and traveled to Mexico via car. Dwyer maintained sporadic communication with her family, but stopped that communication around March 29, 2003. Dwyer is believed to have traveled to Tijuana, Mexico. She likely traveled by plane from Tijuana, had a layover in Guadalajara, and then arrived in Sinaloa. Dwyer was last believed to have been in the area of Huamachil, Sinloa, Mexico, on or around March 29th, 2023. She has not been heard from since. Um, and then I also saw on another website that she was last seen on March 31st at a stationery store and internet cafe in Salvador, Alvarado, in Sinaloa. And this area is well known for drug cartel violence. It is believed that she is at risk. And she may have fallen victim to a crime. The FBI is currently offering a $5,000 reward for any information leading to the recovery of Shelby Lynn Dwyer. And if you have any information at all, please contact your local FBI office or the nearest American embassy or consulate. Or you can submit a tip online at tips.fbi.gov. Thanks, Rachel. We're going to have that information on our Instagram account, as well as a photo of Shelby um, that is at Small Town Mysteries Pod. If you live in any of those areas mentioned, please check that out. Before we go any further, I think Christine has a little announcement, which um, I'm bullying her to share here because I think it's fun. And if you hear any jingling noises in the background, this will explain them. I got a kitten. Her name is Annabelle. She's very sweet and she's definitely a kitten. So... She might be scurrying around, getting into stuff, you know, what kittens do. So if you hear that in the background, I'll try to cut it out. But if you hear like a little noise, that's probably her. Yeah, we cut off like background. We have like background noise reduction turned on and it should be like not super intrusive. But, uh, you know, given that we've had issues with crickets in our audio before, probably feels fair to uh give a little warning that if you hear like a jingly ball or like a scampering sound it it's christine's new kitten and this is something we're very excited about and happy about and hopefully will not be too intrusive at all she's actually pretty chill all things considered so that being said it's christine's episode so uh i'm gonna pass it over to her christine so this week i am going to be taking a listener suggestion this one is from amanda Woohoo! Thanks, Amanda. 
Thank you, Amanda. Yes. So this is probably going to be a pretty fast case. Uh, could not find a ton of information about this case. A lot of information I was kind of seeing on forums and discussions like YouTube video comments where interviews took place and people were talking about like information that I personally couldn't find on any news source and there's really only like a page or less of news stories on this case. So I'm not sure where they found it or if it was like circulated at the time. But I will like mention some of the theories and talk a little bit about what people have been kind of thinking what's been going on. But I definitely am going to focus a little bit more on the facts, which is why this is a little bit of a shorter one. So today I'm covering the unsolved disappearance of Dior Coons. This one is from Amanda's hometown of Idaho Falls. It's actually a city of around 60K, but that's fine. It's a listener suggestion. We don't discriminate. No. So on July 10th, 2015, two-year-old Dior Coons vanished while his family was visiting Timber Creek Campground. His parents, Jessica Mitchell and Vernal Dior Coons, as well as Dior's great-grandfather, Robert Walton, and Isaac Reinwand, a friend of the Waltons, were all on the trip. So there were four people, parents, great-grandfather, and a family friend. I think I recognize this case. I remember the story, and there was a grandparent, so that's why I'm like, are the parents, like, heavily suspected? Um, They're definitely suspected. Okay. There's a lot of information about what went on, like I said, that I couldn't, like, verify through an actual news source that people have said the parents did. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But it's definitely nothing, like, for sure. It's just some of the stuff that people have said they did could be sketchy. But nothing that's, like, in some of these cases, it's, like, completely obvious. I wouldn't say it's, like, completely obvious. I would say it's – they might have done it, but – I also don't want to say, yeah, because 100%, they could also like, just be <laughs> grieving a missing child, Yeah, um, which is – I always find that really hard in these types of cases. There have been no signs of Dior since that day, July 10th, and nobody has been charged in connection to his disappearance. His parents were named suspects very briefly in January of 2016 by former Lummi County Sheriff Lynn Bowerman, but they've never been arrested or charged. And his parents, along with Rainwand and Walton, the other two people, like I said, who were on the trip, have stated from the beginning they don't know what happened to Dior. Walton did die in June of 2019. So that was Dior's great-grandfather and his mom's grandfather. So in an interview with East Idaho News, Jessica and Vernal talk about the day that Dior went missing. They stated it was a Friday around 2.36 p.m. when Jessica called 911. Vernal stated that he had been driving at this time in an attempt to get service, so he didn't think that they would be able to get service at the camping ground, so he was around driving when Jessica was able to get service and make contact with 911. He explains that they had searched for around 20 minutes And after not finding anything and not knowing where Dior was in such a small area, that's kind of when they decided to call for help and they knew that something was really wrong. 
He praised the search and rescue team for the work they did that day. Hundreds of volunteers showed up almost immediately to help search. He also said that Dior is pretty small, but he moves pretty fast too, which is what they were concerned about. Like with any two-year-old, I'm sure they've just learned how to walk and they're definitely using that. So Dior's parents were really concerned about the creek. There is a creek that runs along the campground and it opens up to a reservoir. The creek itself is only a couple of feet high, but obviously it's a body of water. It's Dior very likely didn't know how to swim very well at that time. So his parents were kind of thinking that's where he might have been. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a good point. I mean, you can drown in any body of water, like even an inch, if you're positioned in the proper way that blocks your airways with water. So that, yeah, that I think um, that would be my first concern, too, if there was a creek nearby. It doesn't matter how deep it is. I would immediately assume that the child could drown. Right. But pretty soon after, the sheriff's office kind of assured the family that after doing extensive searches of the creek, um, leaving no stone unturned, did helicopter search, divers, dogs, they really thought there was no chance that he was in there because they felt like they had searched everything. And soon after that, his parents were really thinking that it was then a, a kidnapper situation. And that's kind of where they've been ever since. So speaking more about what happened that day, Vertel states that he and Jessica decided to go exploring while Dior was playing with his grandfather. And there are varying reports on this. I saw in most sources and from their interview that happened very soon after Dior's disappearance, they said 10 minutes in that interview. But then in other sources later on, I found that it might have been 20 to 40 minutes that they were gone for. So that's also something where, you know, the story switches up a little bit here and there. But according to them initially, it was 10 minutes that they had just decided to go out exploring and he was with his grandfather. So 10 minutes later, Vertel goes up to get Dior because they saw some minnows where they were exploring that they thought Dior would really love. And so he wanted to show him that. So he goes up, but he doesn't see Dior. So so he asks uh, the grandfather, like, where is he? What's up? And Dior's grandfather said, like, he was shocked immediately. It was like, I thought he was with you guys. Oh, no. Yeah. There are, like I said, a couple other reports that I saw here and there that said the grandfather's memory was already going pretty downhill at that time. So potentially that could have also played a role. And, you know, there's been criticism from a lot of people just with the fact of, like, how could you take your eyes off of your kid? Um, Vertel kind of explained that the area was really small and it was pretty well blocked in and they just didn't really think that they wouldn't be able to see him in the area that they were, that he would go missing, but obviously he did. And in 2017, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children released an age-progressed photo of what Dior might have looked like at the time he was four, and this is the age-progressed picture. Uh, we'll make sure to post it with the episode. He would be older than this now, but this was the last updated one I could find. I think the next one would come out in a year or two. They have like a set timeline for when they release images. So there are several theories 
about what people think might have happened in this case, including, you know, him having been killed by an animal, snatched by a kidnapper, or the victim of foul play, or, you know, just some elements around him, like the water or something like that. I feel like in these cases, I'm always inclined to go with, like, the elements because it feels like such the obvious answer. But I don't know. I mean, I would love to be proven wrong, I guess. Well, what I would really love would be for the child to be found safe. Of course. And therefore be wrong on any theory. But, um, yeah, I feel like the Occam's razor. I feel like I bring this up constantly. You know, it feels like the most likely answer, so it probably is the most likely answer. But I feel like they would have found evidence. Yeah, that was my next point. How remote was this area? Like, were there other camping groups around? Pretty remote. Yeah, that that's where the kidnapper angle yeah. falls flat for me. Is like you they would have noticed if someone else was around, right? Yeah, that's kind of what the argument is against the kidnapper one mm-hmm. is that it was a pretty remote area and there was really only like one way in and out. I think I get to that a little bit later, but okay. that's that's kind of why they think it's not very likely. It wasn't like there were a ton of other camping sites around. Yeah, it would have had to be a very like quick snatch and grab and run, like get the cat out of there immediately. Otherwise, you run the risk of being seen. The fact that no one saw this like additional third party Hmm. Yep. So a lot of speculation, like I said, focused on the adults who had been with Dior at the Timber Creek campground, whether that be his mom, his dad, uh, the great grandfather, although a lot of people kind of skip over him, and then the family friend too. Like I said, his parents were named as suspects in his disappearance at one point. In previous reporting, the Levy County Sheriff Lynn Bowerman has stated that Dior's parents have been less than truthful since the start of the investigation. So this is a quote from him. They refuse to give us any further information to clear up the untruthfulness, and they've changed their story on numerous occasions. Bowerman also said it was very unlikely Dior was kidnapped. There's one road in and one road out to the remote Timber Creek campground. If an animal had taken him, there would have been evidence left behind, like his boots or the toy car that he had with him. Yeah. I feel like the changing stories really doesn't do much to uh, push the blame off of the parents. I think mm-hmm. I think I was thinking of this case because I remembered that there was a toy involved. And then you just said that. Yeah. There was so, a toy car that was in his pocket. So that at least should have been found. And his boots were pretty big for him, which is why they would have thought that like they likely would have fallen off. Or obviously, if it was an animal, like... The animal's not going to touch that stuff. Definitely a little suspect. Other sources that are like comment section sources have also said that the parents were found to be in possession of things that he had on him that day, but I could not find that in any like actual news source. So I don't know, but there's multiple people and they seem very confident about it. I'm like, where are you guys finding this? I don't know. Right. There's always um, I remember the case that I covered several months ago, maybe even almost a year ago now, of the boy who died in the dishwasher on the military base. And there was like no record of it happening. There was no grave. There was no like no indication that this had ever happened. It was nothing more than like myth. But then all like the comments on YouTube videos about it and on Reddit and everything were like, no, I knew this kid. I grew up with him. I remember when this happened. And it was like how 
weird it is to have no official journalistically verifiable source with any of this information, but then also to have these firsthand accounts that come from, you know, basically anonymous posters. So you have to take them with a grain of salt, but that claim to have known this person and to have all these details. And it's like, where is this information coming from? Are these people who are from the area? Do they hear gossip? How reliable is this information? And that's what makes internet sleuthing so difficult is because you have to decide what is and isn't trustworthy. And in a case like this, that's really hard to do because, you know, official reporting doesn't say that the parents had any of his affects on them after he went missing. But if you listen to the YouTube comments, maybe they had the toy car. That makes them a lot more suspicious. Who knows? Kind of in that same vein, this I found in a lot of places. I I don't know if they're getting it from like maybe one really popular video or something like that, but I did see it and also I saw it in one like actual source. So there are claims from witnesses that the parents did go out on a trip in a nearby town for an extended period of time and witnesses saw them at various shops, though none of the three witnesses saw Dior with them, even though at that like, according to the parents' timeline, he would have still been with them, which I guess they could yeah. explain away with, like, you know, someone else is watching him. But yeah, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of those, like, little things that individually might be explainable that pile up. Yeah. And make the parents look very suspicious. Right. And I mean, some people I've seen claim that it might not have been like the parents wanted to kill their kid a lot of people have said it could have been an accident gone wrong and they then had like felt like they needed to hide the body right whether that be people claiming it was he got into drugs they had or like run over by like a vehicle by accident when someone was supposed to be watching him like any number of those things a lot of people I've seen kind of fall into that where they think it was something, like some accident gone wrong. Right. And you do see that happen. I mean, and then people don't want to face criminal consequences of their negligence. Or, you know, the, the drug example is a great one where, like, they don't want drug charges. Um, so they would rather just, like, pretend their kid got kidnapped than, you know, face legal liability for the fact that their child had access to their drugs. Um yeah, that's that's an interesting theory. I just it almost feels like there's so little information it's hard mm-hmm. to form theories. Right. Like there's no evidence that they were even using drugs that I've seen. Right. Yeah, that that was just an example. That's a completely right left field uh example but but. i think it's definitely one of those cases where like there's so little information that people are just thinking well what could have happened and kind of going off Mm -hmm. and running with that right instead of taking what they know and building off of that they're building their own Mm -hmm. bases for these theories and then what happens is that whole theory crumbles as soon as the base is proved to be incorrect And because there's no actual factual basis for any of this, it's like, these are very tenuous theories. Oh, one thing I want to mention. I also think it would be, like, if something like that did happen, I guess I wouldn't be super surprised if the great-grandfather 
wouldn't have said anything, especially if, you know, like his memory, but like the family friend. I mean, there were a couple other people on the trip that I guess they would all have to be in on it. And maybe I'm too naive, but I feel like one person would have said something. I don't well, know. I also feel like the more people you get involved in a conspiracy like that, the less likely it is that the secret gets kept. But then there's also, I mean, I can contradict my own example. So um, the guy, the guy in Boston who was shot and his wife was killed, mm-hmm. you, you know, the one I'm talking about. Yes. And he claimed it was a black man in like a specific colored like sweatsuit and police like actually like arrested individuals that met that description and it turns out that it was like him the whole time that's what this reminds me of because not only like there were like 30 something people that knew wow and only one of them came forward and was like it was my brother but like over time so many people found out and like knew that it was actually him and that's just astounding to me because I, I really want to believe that the more people are involved with the conspiracy, the more likely it is that one of them will crack and sort of, like, tattle, for lack of a better term. But then we have this case in Boston. The guy's name was Charles. I can't remember his last name. Where that, like, very clearly did not happen. You have, like, 30 people who all knew. And then only one of them is like, actually, this is terrible and we should tell someone about this. All right. So there was an interview done with Jessica, yours's mom, with Jessica's mom, so his grandmother. So this person said, every year when we've done interviews, you've said you just want to know what happened. If it was your daughter, if it was her boyfriend, whoever, you just want to know. And I do kind of think it's big that she's saying, like, I just want to know what happened, even if it's my own kid. I feel like you wouldn't say that about your daughter if there was any like if you knew for sure that she wasn't guilty it's just kind of weird to me that she said that yeah unless she has some reason to believe that it could be her i i would agree that that's a weird statement in response jessica's mom said i want closure for baby dior if he isn't with us anymore i would like him properly laid to rest i would like to know not necessarily what happened but i just want the closure of it If we have him, we get closure, but there's another chapter of this. I'm not ready for that chapter because this little boy didn't do anything to anybody. We loved his smile and his laugh brought so much joy to us. There's nothing this little boy could have done to deserve anything that could have happened to him. If it does come out that somebody has to be prosecuted, the whole thought of having to sit in a courtroom and listen to what happened step by step is way more than I think we've been through in four years. Tanisha O'Neill Tompkins, Vernal's sister, says that having her nephew missing for five years is unreal and her heart breaks every day. Quote, it's a terrible feeling in my heart and soul not knowing anything more than I did when I got the life-shattering phone call he was missing. Tompkins says, he's been missing two times longer than I've known him and that just tears me up from the inside out. It's a paralyzing feeling not knowing anything. It destroys your mind trying to figure it all out. None of it makes sense. None of it is fair. The math there is heartbreaking. I hadn't done the math in my head yet that he'd been missing twice as long as they'd known him, but that's horrible. Yeah, and that was a little bit ago, so now it's been longer. I mean, he's been missing for like eight years, a little over eight years at this point, and still nothing. And this is also one where there's been some news from 2023 
But most of that is just because a private investigator that previously had a falling out with a family actually got hired back by them. So really, there's no updates on the actual case. Just kind of different people moving around um, trying to figure it out. But Jessica Mitchell and her mother, uh, Trina Bates Clegg, who we had that quote from, are still holding out hope that Dior is alive. So in a joint statement, they said, we're so grateful for the continued dedication of law enforcement and our private investigator, David Marshburn, and his team as they continue their efforts to find answers in regards to baby Dior. One day we will have the answers and we still pray for this daily. The investigation is still open despite publicly having gone quiet throughout the last several years. Private investigators have been hired with the latest report being that the case is being reopened and the parents are, you know, going to be looked at a little bit more. And that is the case. Freaking tough, dude. Yeah. Mm. Especially because there's, there's there's nothing. I know. No. Like that makes... I don't know if it makes it worse or not, but, like, the idea of, like, literally having no information and not even being able to, like, maybe come up with a theory is, like, a lot. Right. And and when you're this far out from, you know, he's been missing for eight years and they're still investigating, it's at that point what stone has been unturned. And there isn't really any. So you have to go back and return stones, you know, and it's like, all right, well, let's revisit the parents maybe in a little more depth. And it's like just one of those situations where you hope they find something mm-hmm. or they come across a specific detail that triggers something that they're like, oh, wait, this doesn't match. This is suspicious. This could be an indicator that would put them on the right track. But after eight years, it just feels less and less likely that that's right. ever going to happen. And and that the investigation is just continuing turmoil for the family is heartbreaking. Yeah, I think what it would take at this point is either – the body is found or someone admits to something right right i feel like i say this so much but like i don't have words yeah we've once again been rendered speechless this is a common occurrence guys yeah at this point i feel like we need to have like a dedicated ending to our episode so that this doesn't happen where we're just sitting here like uh well uh mm." Because I feel like that's how we end 90% of our episodes at this point. Well, none of us have any words. So that's the episode. So that was Small Town Mysteries. I have been Kate. That story was from Christine. Missing person featured by Rachel. <laughs> we'll have pictures of Dior aged up the most recent version we can find on our Instagram at Small Town Mysteries Pod. We will also have the missing person information on Shelby that Rachel featured earlier today. So if you are from the Des Moines or any of the areas in Mexico mentioned, uh, please check that out. Uh, if you live in the area where Dior went missing, please look to see if uh, his age progression looks familiar. If you think you may have seen a child that looks like him, I'll include information on what his age would be now. Yeah. Just a double whammy of devastating information this episode, but that's what we're here for. Yep, that's about right. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to like at least end this on a nicer note be nice to somebody today yes okay because all we can do is spread love rather than continue to spread hate yeah text your friend that you love them that's good i feel like we don't do that enough that is a great idea yeah so thank you so much come spiral with us next week Bye. bye bye